0: Get
1: knocked down, get up again, down. Hello, and today is Thursday, August 26th, and welcome to Zoom with Zarney. Uh, today I'm talking to the Lysander town board candidates, uh, who are Will Stowell and Kevin Rode. Uh, they're running for town board out in a pretty Republican area in Lysander, however, with some uh, interesting uh, trends, and I'm hopeful that, uh, that uh, they're going to have a really good campaign this fall. I think they have a lot of great ideas of what to bring to the town of Lysander and break up the monotony out there. Uh, and uh, I hope uh, you stay tuned to listen to them. Uh, this week, Lieutenant Governor, or well now, Governor uh, Kathy Hochul has named her uh, Lieutenant Governor candidate. In fact, this was done just a few hours ago. Um, and uh, they, she officially named State Senator Brian Benjamin from Harlem, who will be our new lieutenant governor? Uh, as I've gone over in the past in on this podcast, uh, the if there's a vacancy in lieutenant governor, either by ascension or death or disqualification, um, the uh, the governor gets to appoint their lieutenant governor. This was done in a. Uh, this was decided in a court case back in two uh, during the Spitzer era, when uh, Lieutenant Governor Patterson ascended to become governor and wanted to appoint his own lieutenant governor and the state Senate, who was controlled by Republicans tried to block it at that point, and that was unsuccessful so uh, lieutenant governor uh, is now Brian Benjamin, but not or state Senator Brian Benjamin, but not yet <laughs> she. Uh, delayed his uh, official start date until after Labor Day. And the reason for that is because when he leaves office as a state senator, um, it will create a vacancy as a state senator. And a newly passed law, just this last year, signed by Governor Cuomo just about a month ago, has changed the way we do special elections in New York, and I think change them for the better. I did a tweet thread about this. I initially got it a little bit wrong, so I had to redo it. And I did a Facebook thread that I edited. Uh, So, but I'll go over it briefly here. Um, The new law says that within 10 days of an opening, the governor must, it's not shall, it's now must proclaim a special election to fill that seat. And that special election will be timed between 40 and 50 days uh, this is down from 70 to 80 days for local offices or if it's Congress, it still st- says 70 to 80 days. Now, this is a very short time period. So, so that means in a span of 60 days after a vacancy, we will have an election and fill the remaining uh, term of that office. Uh, this is very important. And uh, I, uh, I think that the, this was the right law to pass. We've seen in SD50 uh, we went a whole year without a representative investing 50 last year. Now part of that was because of COVID, but that's not the only instance of that. Uh, this has happened before where Governor Cuomo or previous governor would take some time for a politically expedient uh, uh, reason to either find or groom candidates or uh, sometimes time the election. So it's a low turnout or a high turnout election. And there's a little bit of that gamesmanship going on here, uh, but I think it's for the better. Uh, Lieutenant, you know, Governor Hochul has decided to accept, um, appoint the Lieutenant Governor, uh, or appoint Brian Benjamin to Lieutenant Governor after Labor Day, which puts that 60-day window into effect. So on November, uh, the general election, there will be a special election also to fill the remaining term of of the the senator who is now ascending to be our lieutenant governor. That's down in New York City, Harlem area. It's not affecting Onondaga County or anybody up here, but I thought it was interesting to know. Now, this could be like a little bit of a domino effect, right? Because now somebody's going to have to win that seat. And if it's an assembly person who wins that seat, then, then we'll have another special election for that assembly race. If it's a city council person. There could be another special election for a city council. Now, how the nominees are chosen uh, is slightly controversial. But if you understand the time period, uh, you understand why this is. So the thought of changing the law was to be able to get a person in as quick as possible uh, and still have an election, not have somebody be appointed by the governor. And so that's why they have the 60-day time period. But the parties get to choose who their nominees are. There are no primaries. And that's because there's just not enough time in that 60 days to hold two elections. Barely enough time to hold one election and have that on the ballot, have absentee ballots go out 45 days before the election, so on and so forth. So there is a, uh, um, there is a, uh, a reason that the the parties get to choose. And remember with two year terms, uh, next June, June of 2022 will be a primary for that seat uh, and, and a general election for that seat in 2022. So it's not that far into the future. And I know people say, well, just add a month on and have another election, but it's not another month because if you're having a primary election, which are open to anybody who wants to be in that primary, you then also have to have a ballot uh, uh, you know, a, a ballot bel- validity stage where you're or like a petition period where people have to pass petitions to get on the ballot. You have to have some m- triggering mechanism that allows people to get on the ballot. You can't just have a, a write-in for everybody, <laughs> you know, you, get, or, you know, so, um, so without a uh, triggering method, that would take another two to three months. In fact, you know, from uh, in the general election, to get through a primary and the general election, it takes eight months. Maybe we can get it down to six if we shorten up some of the timelines, don't allow for independent nominating petitions, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, it's really not, you're not getting it down much more. It's gonna be about six months. And that's a long time for a two-year term to go without a representative. And I think that's what uh, the legislature and the previous governor wanted to do to change the process, to get somebody in there quicker. And so, that's what's happening now now i will say that we'll probably know who that nominee is quicker than uh than than uh you know sooner rather than later because as i've said absentee ballots go out september 18th um to military voters and in many counties and i believe in new york city it will go out to uh all the voters around that time period so to have that person on the ballot you probably have to have about a week or so uh, before then. So it's gonna be uh, an interesting timeline to see those ballots in that Harlem Senate uh, race, um, where, you know, how that will get on there, how quickly the parties will choose since they have to wait till after Labor Day. This is the first time having a special election in this short period of time, and we're gonna have to see uh, how they do. So, uh, that is what's happened the last couple of days. Always something that interesting and new in New York. Uh, by the way, uh, I put on my Facebook feed and Twitter feed that I have the honor of being on High uh, uh, high Turnout Wide Margins, uh, a national uh, election uh, podcast uh, that uh, is uh, co-hosted by a New York native, but she's now the Missouri County Clerk, Brianna Le- Lemon, and uh, I. Did a little bit of a deep dive on New York politics and New York uh, election administration. So if you're interested in the intricacies of uh, election administration and and why wouldn't you be, uh, please check that out. It's in my Facebook feeds or just search uh, Spotify or any podcast engines for high turnouts, wide margins. And if you are interested in that, subscribe to that podcast. It's a great podcast. And uh, I I think it's a. a lot of uh, uh, great guests have been on there. I've learned a lot as well. So check that out. Uh, my Wonky Wednesday is a little delayed. I'm as normal this time of year. I'm hoping to catch up with that this weekend, uh, maybe tomorrow. Um, and, um, and, and then uh, and so that's going to be OCL 7 is the one that I'm going to be looking at there. That's uh, Mary Kuhn, who's defending her seat. Uh, and, and then, of course, on Sunday, I'll have the Claytown Democrats who are running for town board. Uh, that we had a great interview with a couple of them. We had a couple of people missing, but I think uh, you'll like the interview, so check that out on Sunday. And next week, um, I may be doing three Zoom with Czarnies because I am in Albany for my annual training conference for election administration. And, um, and so I may not do a commissioner a car on Tuesday. I may just drop another uh, Zoom with Czarnies. So we'll see how that goes. I haven't made a decision on that yet, but I'll let you know on Sunday. All right, you take care, and I hope you enjoy your day. Bye-bye. I'm very happy to have my good friends Kevin Road and Will Stoll. They are Democratic candidates for town board out in the town of Lysander. Uh, Will, Kevin, thank you for coming on Zoom with Zarney. Thanks for Thanks, us. Dustin. Uh, Well, so uh, you you two are running for town board. You're the only town candidates on the democratic uh, slate. I mean, we have a county ledge candidate uh, up there uh, in Justin Neal, but we'll be talking to him uh, later on in the, in the fall. Um, But I wanted to thank you for putting yourselves forward and, uh, and being candidates. But I think, uh, you know, the viewers or listeners that are watching this or listening to this, uh, they probably, you know, uh, may want to know a little bit more about you. So uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. What What's your background, What? what who who's Kevin Rowe? <laughs> um,
2: well, I've been at 2011, I on a whim, uh, my aunt had told me about town politics and I started to get involved. And I ran on my own line back in 2011, had a couple of friends carry, we got 700 signatures to get your own party line. And you know, I got I got my feet wet because I decided that the people who were running for town supervisor, I felt I was just as good as and I thought I had a better handle of what the town wanted. That was getting into politics and understanding what goes on from there. Um, it was very eye-opening and I've run since then for town board in twenty seventeen, lost, you know, we ended up counting absentees, lost by 160 votes and I thought that was pretty commendable seeing we only had the Democratic line, and we ran against Republicans that had Republican, conservative, and independence line so we we ran a great campaign. Gail and I came we beat them Democrat to Republican vote by vote, but we lost on the secondary party lines. I've lived in Lysander my whole life, uh, lived in all different parts of it, so I feel I have a great understanding of the town, our needs and the people that live in it. So that's that's why I'm running again. <laughs> great. And
1: Will, same question to you. Uh, who's Will Stoll and why are you running for office? All
0: right. I'm Will Stoll. Uh, unlike Kevin, I haven't lived in the town of Lysander all my life. I uh, grew up in Elmira, New York. Uh, I moved in my twenties, I believe it was nine times all over the Northeast for uh, a trucking company. I was in uh, the LTL industry, which is less than truckload industry, for 17 years total. Um, just recently, re- just recently retired from that industry. Uh, we had uh, I met my wife on Long Island. Uh, you know what, what was it now nine years ago? Uh, once we got married and had a child, we were looking for um, cheaper cost of living. Uh, we found, uh, we found the Syracuse area, uh, fell in love with Lysander, uh, moved here in, uh, what was it? 2016. So we've been here for five years now. And, uh, you know, I, uh, decided to, uh, run. Uh, I was active in the democratic committee. Um, nobody, you know, at the time had, uh, interest. Uh, I feel that, uh, just with who I am, uh, the thoughts that I have just about how things should go. Felt like I would be a good fit to uh, help this town uh, in the future, so here we are. Uh, I'm excited to be here, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll put a run on them and uh, get two Democrats on the town board uh, this uh, this November.
1: Yeah, so it, um, you're both are running. Uh, is this a vote for two or vote for three situation out in Two. Sure. So we got two Democrats running uh, both for uh, school board. I'm sorry, town board. Uh, sure. And uh, we're, we're taking this on a Saturday morning, which I'm not normally awake for. That's the problem. Uh, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, so, but yeah, you're both running for town board. Kevin, you've run before. Will, you're new, but, uh, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit, but you know, what are your reasons for running in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? What, why are you? You know, Kevin, you're coming back uh, for another bite at apple. Will you're doing it for the first time? You got different reasons. What are your? Uh, you know, what are what are the things that you think can be improved on with the live standard town board and why you're running? Uh, we'll go with Will first. All
0: right. Well. Um... The town board uh, needs some engagement. You know, Uh, there are uh, a few members that are engaged on it, but uh, you know, there's some absenteeism on the board. Uh, And, you know, not saying that somebody doesn't care about the town of Lysander just to make themselves available to make the time to actually go in and put the work in. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the town of Lysander is entering a town a time of uh, expansion. And I think it's really exciting to see. And I wanna be, uh, get a front row seat for it, uh, help guide it and, uh, you know, see how we can keep moving this town forward. Uh, you know, th- there's some things that, uh, you know, you go to the town meetings, and we always talk about, you know, the roads, the sewers, different things like that. Um, but there are things that I feel haven't been Unnecessarily addressed. maybe they have in, in prior years, but you know I wasn't I wasn't here 10 years ago, but I mean, you know. Energy, you know, what can we do to lower energy costs for the town, um, you know, with the expansion is our traffic pattern where we want it to be for the years to come, are the roads sufficient enough. Uh, that we have, I think there's a lot of different questions that need to be asked and addressed and uh, I think that. Uh, I think that I'm the guy to ask them and uh, address them. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, come up with some good solutions for, you know, the 23,000 ish people that live here.
1: And Kevin, uh, you know, why, why are you running again? And uh, you know, and, and why, what do you think needs to be uh, improved on the live town board?
2: Uh, I definitely, I agree with Will that we have some members of our town board that are, Sort of absentee in their job. Um, you watch them come to a town board meeting, and you can tell that it's the first time that they're looking over an agenda or questions that have been presented to them. They're just looking at it for the first time. And I, I understand it's a part time job, but it's a job. We're, we're, you know, the citizens and taxpayers are paying for someone to do a job. I feel someone should be able to come in and answer questions and understand what they're going to vote on before they vote on it and not just a five minute dissertation of it. You know, they, they vote on zone changes. Uh, we have a comprehensive land use plan that was finally enacted six years ago. And some people on the town board that were there when it was created still don't understand what they could do with it and how we could use that to Further the town of Lysander, like Will said, and I think it's great that Will's coming from outside of Lysander because he has he has an angle on things that he's seen what other communities are doing, and where we could possibly move forward. Where we have we have a sort of a status quo in Lysander where uh, we don't like we don't like change as most communities don't, but we also need to move forward so we don't get left behind and we have a board that doesn't really do their jobs. The town supervisor is the town supervisor, but we, we need a board that will also feel or be on an equal level with the town supervisor on making decisions and doing the work for the citizens. Um, and I feel that Will and I are great candidates to do that.
1: So it's funny you should say that uh, Lysander doesn't like change. Uh, because um, if you've been following some of the the writings I've been doing on my Wonky Wednesdays, uh, you know, uh, but Lysander is a community of change. It's one of the, while it is still definitely a Republican town, um, the Democrats are gaining in Lysander at a rate uh, that is one of the highest in the, in the, in the county. Um, we've seen some population shifts up there. We've seen a lot of, um, people that are moving uh, into the area from up there or out of the city into up there and the ideologies are changing. Uh, how do you plan on capitalizing on that uh, for your run for town board? We'll start with you, Kevin, and then go to Will.
2: Well, as we saw with the presidential election, that uh, the Biden was able to pull off a win in Lysander. I think, I think there was a couple of reasons on that. I think there were, you know, some Republicans out there that wanted to get back to more of a neutral politician change. I think they were scared away from what they watched in 2016 and over the last four years and wanted to get back to something that was more comfortable. Um, we, have, we have grown in enrollment. Uh, I am fortunate enough that this year that the conservatives had reached out to me because they had a vacancy and they also have endorsed me for town board on the conservative line. Which as a Democrat, I know that's a little odd, but I do have conservative values when it comes to fiscal responsibility and how our government should be able to run with limited means. Not saying we need to, you know, cut our nose off to spite our face, but we we need to we need to do it without having a lot of middle management. And I see in other towns where some fiscal waste has become prevalent, and we don't want to get that way in Lysander. Um, I think that our voter enrollment will definitely help us this year. The, the, The one tough thing will be with COVID making rearing its ugly head again, and how we move forward with engaging those voters. But we have, We have a voter base, I think this year with uh, the Rinaldi development and it changed, it got some people riled up that I think may help us in November. And as everybody knows, assessments have gone up a lot in the town of Lysander. And I don't know as if our town board is staying in touch with how our assessment rates have gone up compared to keeping our tax rate steady or giving people the bang for their buck that they pay in taxes. So I I also look forward to tackling those issues.
1: So will uh, same question to you.
0: Yeah, Kevin hit on a lot of points of, uh, what, uh, what could possibly change the tide there. Um, and it, it is, it's really, uh, it's really up to see how COVID turns its ugly head. Um, you know, I feel, uh. Yeah, I, I still plan on knocking on a whole bunch of doors you know masked up and and trying to get the uh, Democratic base out and uh, you know we're gonna be reaching out via Facebook and stuff like that I, uh, I got nothing but time for the next two months so if you're a Democrat and Lysander uh, expect to see me knocking on your door at some point here soon so um, yeah that, that's that's basically what we're gonna do We're gonna you know do our best to uh, talk to as many people that we can uh, that have shared values and, uh, you know, see what they want, work with them and uh, see if we can get them out to the polls uh, in November to uh, change the tide totally.
1: So, yeah, you, uh, you both kind of mentioned on it, but I kind of wanted to go into it a little bit more. Uh, you, you know, obviously, uh, as we're recording this, is air, you know, a few days later, but as we're recording this, the Delta, variant is starting to make its, uh, you know, uh, presence known in the central New York community. And uh, uh, technically right now, Onondaga County is still, is within the uh, guidance recommended by the CDC for wearing masks indoors again. Uh, so uh, as of me recording this, the county hasn't issued a mask mandate. But what, you know, we, we learned a lot about campaigning with COVID in 2020. I mean, while the desperate, while the, um, while the situation isn't as desperate there, mainly because of the vaccine, we still have to alter our cam- campaign plan. So, um, what do you think that are, are going to be your strategies for campaigning during COVID time? We'll, uh, we'll start with you, Will, and then go to Kevin.
0: Uh, in the next week or so, I'm going to be, uh, launching, you know, the Facebook page. I'm going to be on Instagram. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of, uh, baldwin'sville uh community pages on facebook that uh people are engaged in um i'm just going to be uh making sure that people know that they can follow me Uh, i'm going to be recapping the town board meetings um you know there's usually about 20 or so people that show up to it uh and there are a lot of people that are interested in in what they have but what's going on but they don't necessarily have the time and i think that i'm you know plan on uh just bringing it to them, uh, you know, in a quick, succinct way, easy to understand and, uh, you know, hopefully get them engaged that way. Uh, That's, that's my main thing to do. Hands off, obviously, you know, going to be, while everybody is still sort of open, I'm going to be knocking on doors and, and, uh, you know, doing, doing what I I think is right. And uh, obviously just making sure that everybody's protected, you know.
2: And Kevin, uh, to you. yeah. Um, yeah, the, I got my Facebook page, my like Kevin wrote for Lysander town board. I got that ready to launch in the next week. Um, definitely. I think we should try, um, you know, zoom meetings where people will have time. Cause like Will said, I think there's a lot of people that would like to see what's going on in the town board, but they don't have the time to come to the meeting at seven o'clock on a Thursday because right now, like our town board meetings are the same night as the village board meetings. And we have a lot of people that cross between the two. Um, So I think reach out with campaign literature, maybe do try to do some meet and greets with Zoom or Facebook interaction. Uh, We've tried them before, but I think with COVID I think this year we might get better results because a lot more people are in the uh, Zoom or Microsoft meetings generation now, especially with their work that they could pop in, um, you know, the school district, the, the school board meetings are held live. That's one thing As a town board member. I think we should really, town Lysander isn't involved technologically, and I think we need more interaction. I think we need live feed town board meetings. I think we could also have somebody monitoring, sort of like the school board does when comments come in. That you know, town board could see that in real time. There needs to be to me, if you make it easier for people to interact with you, you'll get a lot better ideas and you'll get a lot, you know, more communication from your constituents, which should come to better government.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean that's uh that's the deal, right? I mean, it's about engagement. It's about getting out there, knocking the doors. I do think that one of the things that Democrats um, in 2020 were hurt by is that we were responsible, which is, you know, you got to have at least one party being responsible when it came to, uh, to COVID. But uh, we didn't do the door-to-door campaigns. You know, the vaccine wasn't out there. It was, it was tougher. Uh, and I think that hurt us because, uh, you know, they always swamp us with money. And we counteract that with people at the doors, and uh, we weren't able to do that nationwide and also locally. so I, I'm glad to hear you both say that you're still going to continue to go to doors and see that you know as, as, as long as uh, you know it's feasible uh, this year. so I mean it, it could it could it could remain feasible. We just don't know. Um, so, Lysander, you know, Kevin, you mentioned this, so I'm gonna let you uh, kind of expand on it because I, you, you kind of offhandedly said the, the uh, development that is uh, riling people up there in, in Lysander. Um, can you explain what that is and what the issue is um, with that? What you know? Why did you bring that up and, and, and what's your position on it?
2: Um, for those that don't know, which- I'm sure there's a lot. A, a short, yeah, there may be quite a few. Uh, Jim Rinaldi, who owns United Auto Supply, has his business currently at uh, the old PNC Warehouse Building on State Fair Boulevard and other various places across the Onondaga County. He purchased uh, industrial zone property in the town of Lysander at the at the intersection of Hinkle Boulevard and Route 690 where it turns into Route 48. A lot of people, the town board in you know, did not follow the proper avenues. Unlike I was told at the February meeting when they changed our usage, our lot usage. We had, a, we had a law on the books that said 50% of an industrial parcel could be used in Radisson in the planned use development, which meant if you had a hundred acre lot, you could develop 50 acres to be used to do your business industrial zone outside of Radisson, for some reason, the town had a, it was on the books at 30%. The town board could never find where it was ever legally changed. So the town board voted, moved it up to 50% because Mr. Rinaldi wants to build a million, a little over a million square foot warehouse. And for people who don't realize what that is, the Amazon warehouse has a footprint on the ground of about 800,000 square feet. The difference between Amazon and Jim Rinaldi's is Jim's not going to go, you know, seven stories into the air. It's going to be more like a 40 foot building, similar to what the PNC warehouse, a normal warehouse would look like, like a McLean style. Um, so, a lot of people who live there, traffic is an issue with people that live on. Route 48 going toward the village. A lot of those people to go to work come down to that intersection, try to make a left at 7:30 in the morning, and then wait for a light that's only 50 feet away. So traffic's an issue. People are nervous about the truck traffic. More truck traffic on 690. Uh, You know, Jim had said that it would run 24 hours a day. So they finally (laughs) went forward with it and. You know, they actually, Mr. Rinaldi rescinded his application instead of doing a million square foot. He was going to do that over three phases. He wasn't going to build a million square foot at one time. He's lowered it down to the 360,000 square feet, um, which will fall within all of our current zoning laws. And he's currently awaiting a traffic study, I think, and permission from New York state to get an ingress, egress on route 48. Uh, We've had, Will and I have attended the, you know, four or five planning board meetings and our planning board allowed the public to talk, which they didn't have to. And some of it got heated. Um, You can find that on the web. And there's, there's people that, you know, some people are going to be helped by it. He's going to run water and sewer down to that part. Some people have water issues with water quality that live around there. Town's looking at doing a water district. And, you know, it's, I've. Personally, I've seen Jim these properties as a landlord, second to none. Takes care of them, excellent. Dustin, you know, he just built a brand new warehouse just down the street from the Board of Elections. It's immaculate, you know. he's He does everything uh, you would want a property owner to do to take care of a property or to fix it up. Um, you know, it's just, it's change. There's people that, you know, now, once you found out that the town board didn't follow the right steps, you know, and they didn't, contact the county planning board to get the approval to change the law. Um, you know, it's, it's bothersome because we have the time. We, you know, people vote on things that they don't have to rush to. And, you know, the the other part about it is they voted on the law change. And four days later, the uh, Lysander Republican committee got a $5,000 donation by, from, you know, United auto supply or Jim Rinaldi. It's, you know, those—that's the way politics is played, but I don't like it played that way in my town. So, you know, it's—I'm not against development, and that's where comprehensive land use plan. Our town board had the ability to look at the zoning across the whole town and change that zoning if they were against having an industrial zone parcel at that property. They haven't. You know, we have—we have people on the town board that just come to work, punch a clock. We need people that look at the laws we have and use them to better the town. You know, if we could have done a study, maybe that wasn't going to still be zoned industrial. You know, maybe it would have stayed industrial. There's a lot of parts where communication fails between the citizens and the town board and the town of Lysander. And that's where I feel we could make a better meeting. We have. We have a, the Bonesville messenger comes out every week. You know, we, we have ways to communicate with the public more than we do already. And that's what I want to, you know, push forward. Better communication so people understand what assessments are, how their tax rates affected and, you know, development, be open with people. Cause I think you get a lot more great ideas from a hundred people than you do five. So that, that's in a nutshell. <laughs>
1: yeah sorry about my dog interrupting the uh, the, the podcast He's uh, he, he must have heard a squirrel walking around outside and decided to go crazy. Uh, will uh, what is the, uh? do you have anything on the Rinaldi uh, uh, project or any of these other land use projects that are going on in Lysander?
0: Well it, just as far as the R- Rinaldi project um, I think that uh, the town board um, didn't handle it. Well, in the beginning, I think that they probably could have brought the community in before uh, all of it happened and, you know, they could have talked about it. Instead, um, I think that the town, the people of the town who lived close by felt like the wolves pulled over their eyes, they weren't informed about it, and then they got angry. Um, And, you know, by the time that they got angry and they knew about it, it was almost too late to do anything about it. Um, I think that, on that note, that the town probably learned some good lessons from that. Um, you know, they brought, uh, they had an open public forum about, uh, you know, the legalization of marijuana and what the town people want to do about that. So, you know, to just circle back with what Kevin said, you know, just better communication with the people that, that live here are going to be affected by it. Um, I think that's really what's key. And, uh, you know, hopefully they, (laughs) I think they did learn from, from it after uh, the spirited conversation at some of these, uh, at these open, open meetings about, it.
1: well, you know, it's funny, you know, it does seem like often, not every town board and, and, and and it's not always germane to, you know, Republican led town boards, but there is a, um, air of, uh, complacency at some town boards because they've been in office so long and they haven't had competitors uh, and they haven't had to an answer to the public and the public doesn't really know what their town government does. So that's why I'm, I've i always had the philosophy of we should, as Democrats, contest as many offices as possible, even in hard-fought areas, because A, we can win uh, and, and we have better governance, but B, uh, you know, it, it holds people uh, accountable. So I wanted to thank you both for putting your uh, names out there and, uh, uh, and, and going out to run. But uh, we are coming on the end of this uh, podcast. So I always like to end with this last question. And we'll start with you, Will. Um, what haven't we covered? You know, what do you want people to either know about you or the campaign or anything, any, any, any topic that you want to talk about? What haven't we covered here today?
0: Um, We've covered a bunch of stuff, uh, but I mean, again, my name is Will Stoll, you know, I'm a resident here for the last five years. I'm not going anywhere. I want to see this town succeed, and I want to see this town move to the future. I don't want to see us with even more houses with a worse traffic pattern. And nothing be done here in a couple of years as the expansion continues and nothing nothing is improved. Um, I want to work hard for the people of Lysander, and uh, you know that is my promise that I'm gonna I'm gonna give it give it a good good go. I'm gonna give it 100, percent and uh, I'll be here. So that's all I got. Thank you. And Kevin,
2: to you. Um, I. I want the you know the voters, the residents, citizens of town of Lysander to understand that you have two great candidates right here between Will and myself. Will living right near the village and somewhat in the village, myself being more of an uh you know, suburban, rural kind of person. You have a great uh, you know difference of how you know where we live and how people feel in those areas. And you know, we're here to listen, people, you know, if you come to a town board meeting, Will and I are usually there sitting in the audience, come and ask us questions. We might even ask you questions. We, we I, I'm gonna admit, I don't know it all, but I wanna learn it. I wanna understand it so we can make an informed decision. And hopefully, you know, I and Will can represent you, you know, after the November election and let's move Lysander forward and, and let's give, let's have a government where people feel comfortable to come and approach their town board, I you know, I watch people get nervous walking up, standing in front of five or six people, and we do have pack B public accesses there, so you're on camera. It it is a somewhat nerve wracking situation. I want people to be comfortable. They pay they pay us, so you know, it, we work for them. Whether you know how little it is or how much it is, we work for them. Every citizen matters. It doesn't matter what letters after your name. I don't care where you live. If you live in, you know, huge house or a small house, everybody, I just want them to be able to live how they feel comfortable and want to be able to live. So I, I hope you vote for both of us in November. And I think you'll be impressed with what we can do moving forward in January.
1: So uh, this podcast is scheduled to air on Thursday, August 19th although uh, uh, I've, uh, I've booked myself out quite a bit. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but we'll be in the, in the thick of things. And uh, I, I please go out and support Kevin and uh, Will in their campaigns. If you're in the town of Lysander, we'll have the uh, uh, links to their Facebook pages uh, in, a, in our notes. So please go follow them there. Uh, but again, Kevin, uh, Will, thank you so much for coming
0: on. Thanks for uh, having us. yeah uh,
2: dustin thanks this is a great thing you do for the democrats of onondaga county and i appreciate this what you do all of your you know going to albany and fighting for people to be you know more open more votes and if there's any way i can help you get more money to you know get more people to be able to vote early i'll I'll do everything i can for you
1: well i'll tell you what you you brought up voting early uh and that's something, you know what, I, I'm remiss. I didn't bring this up, but uh, next year, not this year, but next year we're going to have an expansion of early voting. And as you know, the plan that I tried to put in place this year that expanded to 10, we're going to do next year, but I don't know where the early voting sites are. We haven't agreed to those for next year yet. But as you know, one of my plans was Lysander town hall. You have that beautiful room and uh, having, um, the town board be supportive of that would be very helpful to the citizens of Lysander. So hopefully next year, if you're in place, you can help me uh, make sure the citizens of Onondaga County everywhere get a chance to vote of every party. So, uh, so there, it's a date, right? yes. <laughs> Well,
2: and we we all saw in twenty twenty what easier access to voting brought. I, I feel you know whether we won or lost you saw a lot of big voter turnout, even at the school board level, they mailed votes out, you know, they mailed ballots out in 2020. And I think they got 10,000 votes or 20,000. It was crazy the amount of people that voted and that's, you know, it's accessible. So it it makes a difference. Everybody should be able to be heard. They shouldn't be turned away because there's a long line or they don't have two hours to wait.
1: Right. Well, uh, thank you again, both of you for coming on. Looking forward to uh, fighting a good fight with you uh, every step of the way. So if you need anything, let us know. Uh, as I said, this is scheduled to air on Thursday, August 19th. Uh, coming up uh, on uh, later uh, in the Zoom with Zarni will be uh, Anthony Brindisi, who's running for Supreme Court, as well as uh, Audrey Klein for Vote at Home, uh, the National Vote at Home Institute. She's going to come on and talk about uh, the new changes to the absentee voting laws in New York and whether that's good or bad and, and, and whether the voters uh, will respond to that. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, the Delta variant is still uh, increasing its infections, not only nationwide, but in Onondaga County. Uh, the best and probably only hope that we have of getting this thing under control and having a more sense of normalcy is to get your vaccine so please go out get your vaccine i'm vaccinated i feel it's very important um and uh but you know the delta variant has shown that it's highly contagious and you are better off if you're vaccinated because even if you get uh an infection which is very very rare it'll be very mild uh and uh we can but we seeing hospitalization rates go up we're seeing deaths we're seeing the things that we saw last year, and unlike last year, this is a wholly preventable wave. And the CDC does recommend to wear a mask indoors. Uh, as of the recording of this, the Onondaga County hasn't issued that mandate yet, uh, but I am wearing masks mask indoors as well, uh, even if vaccinated, because that is uh, uh, another way that we can prevent this spread. Uh, and it's the, really the, the least amount that you can do. So please if we want to keep our uh, businesses in in business and open and have a more normal society we need to get we need to get this under control so act responsibly and act safely thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day bye bye